morning. It is great that you're able to join us this morning. Uh, I trust you enjoyed the music that was, was, we just had and uh, pray that you can uh, continue in worship as we turn towards uh, God's word this morning. And if you have your Bibles, I'd ask that you turn to Revelation uh, chapter 5 as we'll be exploring a couple of verses uh, from that book uh, in a moment's time. But before we do that, let me, uh, let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come this morning, this day after Christmas, to, to worship you again. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to worship together yesterday at Christmas Day service, uh, but also, more broadly, that we were able to see friends or family, or if we were not able to see anyone, Lord, we pray that you uh, may have given those a, a sense of peace and a, a sense of, of celebration in your name. Uh, because of your birth, of your son, uh, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we turn to, towards uh, the book of Revelation this morning, may you illuminate it for us. May you, you teach us something new. May you uh, resonate within us through your spirit, uh, your truth this morning. And so, Lord, uh, we lift these things up to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, as I say, as, as, as we conclude our, our Christmas service this morning, uh, we come to the book of Revelation, which gives a great heavenly vision uh, of God's plan for the world uh, nearing completion. And as we've explored in recent weeks, we've understood that the, the birth of Jesus, while centred there in the Gospels, is also spoken about or, or planned and prepared for and prophesied about through the Old Testament. And on the other side of Jesus' birth and, and on the other side uh, of the cross, we find that it is also impacting the way we are to live now and, and the vision that we have of uh, this birth of, the, of this baby boy uh, in, Re- in the words of Revelation. And that's what we're going to conclude with uh, this morning. And so here in chapter 5, particularly in verses 9 to 10, which I will read for us in a moment, uh, we are reading these words, that uh, sort of the words that are set in heaven, a, 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 a heavenly vision, a vision of heaven uh, that observes the worthiness of Christ and he being depicted as a lamb uh, who, who is his authority and power to, to open the, the seven seals, to open a scroll that, that God has and that God uh, has written in all his plans and his judgments and his decrees since, world, since time began. And so we could get bogged down, I suppose, in trying to wrestle through what these seven seals are and try to unpack all that it means, uh, but in the end, as if, if you read particularly the whole of chapter 5, we read of this Lamb, this, this Saviour, this Christ, who has the power and authority to open up uh, the, the, basically the plan of life, the plan of the world, God's plans. And then uh, we come to verses 9 and 10 and we read of a new song, a heavenly song, spoken through heavenly voices. 
And so Revelation 9 and 10 say this. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. And this morning I simply want to make two short points about these two verses just to conclude our series uh, here about, about Christmas from start to finish. Get it? From Genesis to Revelation, from start to finish. And the first point is notice that God's people have been purchased for God. If you read verse 9 again, uh, you will notice that it talks about the lamb that was slain and persons purchased for God. Now perhaps you've heard the story of a little boy who built a sailboat and he built a boat for himself, fixed it up, tarred it up, painted it and, took, and then he took it to the lake and he pushed it in hoping that it would sail, hoping that it would go. And sure enough, a, a strong breeze came by, filled, came, came by and uh, filled the sails and off this little boat went, rippling along the water. And suddenly, before the boy knew it, the boat was out some distance, was quite away from him, out of his reach, and he jumped into the water and tried to grab it, but even still, the wind had taken it further out. And as he watched it float away, and he hoped the breeze would sort of shift and change and and turn the boat back uh, to him, back to shore, it didn't. And instead, he watched it go farther and farther away until it was gone. Obviously, the boy was quite upset. He ran home crying. And then sometimes later, the boy walked past an op shop, some sort of store in, in the, his local, uh, local suburb, local town. And there in the window, he saw his boat. He saw the boat. It was unmistakably his. He knew it. He knew it was his. And he went in and said to the owner of the store, that is my boat. And he walked up to the window and he, he picked it up and he started to leave with the boat in his hands. And, and the store owner said, well, hang, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, that's my boat. I bought it off someone. Someone came in and I, I bought it off them. But the boy was insistent, no, 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 look, these are my markings, these are the etchings, this is my name that I've written on the hull of this boat. Like, look, this is my boat, I made it. Yet the store owner, this man said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to buy this boat. If you want it, you have to buy it. Well, the poor little boy didn't have any money on him and uh, so he worked hard to save up some coin and save his pocket money so he could go back and buy it. And as soon as he had enough, he went back. Went back to the store, bought this little boat And he left the store holding this boat in his arms very tightly close to him and said, and someone overheard him saying, "Uh, you are my boat, you're twice my boat. First, you're my boat because I made you and second, you're my boat because I bought you. I created you, I made you and I bought you. Well, this story reflects God's story to us. We as believers, uh, 
uh, are the Lord's, not only through creation, through being made by him, but also through redemption, through being bought by him. We've been created in the image of God and have also been bought through the purchase of God to find ourselves made to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, as our passage, verse 10, says this morning. So Revelation 5, 9 and 10 speak of Christ and what he has accomplished for us and in particular that we have been purchased by God. The theological word for it is redemption. He has redeemed us from the world. He has redeemed us from the slavery to sin and from his own judgment. And redemption is this idea of being bought back, of being purchased. While Christmas is about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ as a baby boy, it can't be separated from the Easter event. No, the death and resurrection of Christ, well, this this. This is also part of the story of God that we understand and that we recognise in that we have been redeemed by or or purchased through. For as, as God came into the world through the birth of Jesus, he also redeemed the world through the death of Jesus. In the New Testament we are told by Jesus himself that he came into the world to redeem the world to purchase it. In Mark 10.45, a central verse in the whole Gospel of Mark, Jesus says to his disciples, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to redeem us. He came to redeem me. He came to redeem you. He came to rescue us from our sin and to bring us into his kingdom. Now it is understood that God has redeemed us through Jesus and the cross because of our sin. Sin is something that separates us from God. It's something that we're bound to, to be slaves of, something that we are captive to. Sin dominates our lives, tricks us into believing or thinking that we are free when really we are not. Yet because God loves us so much, wants to know us, wants us to know him, wants us to be in relationship with him, then he comes to rescue us from such slavery and he does so through coming as a baby boy at Christmas and going to the cross as a man. And so God goes to the point of redeeming us, of purchasing us through sending his son Jesus, through sending himself in the form of Jesus to die for us in order that we may be with him, in order that we may be purchased back for him. And so because of this act we find ourselves redeemed, because of the cross we find ourselves redeemed. Purchased for God. And like the little boy and his boat, we have been created and redeemed by God. In the words of Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And that is 
a very familiar or very, uh, very similar thought to what we have read here in verse 9 of Revelation. They sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll. Jesus is worthy to open up its seals because you were slain, the lamb that was slain, Jesus, the lamb that was slain. And with your blood you purchased for God redemption, redeemed people from every tribe and language and people and nation. God, through his son Jesus, has redeemed us and has redeemed all believers, has purchased them through this lamb, through this baby boy, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we notice that God's people have been purchased by God or for God. And then secondly, let's notice that God's people have been made into or have been made priests to serve God. Now, wikihow.com is a website that is dedicated to being the most trusted how-to site on the internet. That is, if you want to know how to decorate a Christmas table, how you want to deal, or how to deal with difficult relatives, or even how to prepare your dog for a comfortable flight, you can find out how by going to wikihow.com. And this is not an advert for the website. Um, but it is a how-to site for basically everything, uh, including how to become a priest. Now, in some traditions, particularly Catholic and, and Anglican traditions, the term priest is used for one who ministers among a congregation or, or within a church. And so we typically use the term minister or, or pastor. Uh, but, but if you go to wikihow.com, you can find out how to become a priest in eight simple steps, right? And let me run you through them. You need to be at least 25 years old, get involved at your local church, assess your beliefs and pray, attend a university to gain an undergraduate degree, attend a seminary or Bible college to get theological qualifications. Apparently you need to excel in theological college. Uh, You need to be ordained and then you can enter uh, the priesthood, as they say. And there, my friends, are eight steps to becoming a priest that you can find uh, on the internet. Well, I do use this illustration in jest. Maybe I shouldn't, but I just have. Uh, Because in this song of the heavens, we see that Christ has made his people to be one, or or we, we see what Christ has made his people to be, and that is one of those things is to be a priest. And in verse 10, we read of how The one who is worthy, this lamb that was slain, Christ our Lord, has made his people into a kingdom and into priests. Priests who serve God. Uh, And that is probably a better way to understand what it means here to be a priest, this aspect of priest, that, that a priest is really someone who is serving God. And so, you see, God has made us into a kingdom, The people of God are made into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is certainly stressed by Jesus in in the Gospels. In fact, it was one of his main topics that he talked about, the kingdom of God. 
And here we find that those who are in Christ, who are Christ's, well, they constitute to be or make up God's kingdom, this kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not like any earthly kingdom that has known boundaries or or a known population. It consists of those people who have been bought by God, purchased by God, who have been redeemed through Christ and who now live to do his service. Further, those who who are in Christ are made then to be also to be called priests. And the kingdom of God consists of priests or priestesses as well if you want to make it Make it, make it everyone. It's, it's not gender specific. And notice that it is, it is ordinary Christians who are called to be priests, not some privileged, well-educated, well-trained person with positional power and a title. No, it is all believers. All believers are known as priests, people who serve the Lord, people who serve God. An essential marker of a priest is someone, or is, is that they mediate. They mediate between God and others, or they, they speak to God on behalf of others. And we, we see that through the aspect of prayer. Believers are assigned the responsibility to pray to God, and we pray to God on behalf of others, for others. We pray for the for the world, and we also are witnesses to the world of the work of God, what God has done. And that we, we as priests are to serve God and to speak into the world in God's name the message of the good news, this message of redemption. So as we make up God's uh, people in the world today, we serve him. And we serve him knowing that we are, have been given a place in God's kingdom and a part of his work in the world. While we make up the kingdom of God as people, we also share the story of God with others. We share the story of a baby boy born in a manger, in, a, in, a, in the middle of a, a country town, in the middle of Israel in the first century, who was actually God himself in human form, come down for us. And it is this good news, this story of this baby boy who grows up and dies on a cross for us, to redeem us, to be purchased by God. It is this story that is actually the hope of the world, is the hope of our hearts. And it's this story that is for all people, from all nations, from all tribes, from all languages, from all tongues. And and in our part of the world where we live, we are commissioned by God to serve him in various different ways and capacities, but we're commissioned by God to be priests into the world, serving him as we go about our business. And so as we remember Christ this Christmas, as we remember Christ this weekend, uh, may, we, may we know that we have been purchased by God and may we know that we also are made to serve God to be servant priests for God. You see, as we've seen in the last few weeks, Christmas, well, the beginning of Christmas occurred a lot earlier than before the first, than just the first century. And it actually continues long after as well. And so maybe, may we remember 
uh, our Lord Jesus Christ this, this weekend, and in fact every week as we, we come and worship him, uh, but may we remember that this little boy born in a stable, you know, is an outcast of his, his community and an outcast from the religious leaders of the day, that, well, that, that he turned the world on his head as, as the saviour of the world and as the ruler and as the king of his kingdom. And, and, and this is a kingdom that we are part of, a kingdom that we have been purchased for and that we are to serve. And so I pray that you have um, been helped, uh, that your heart has been stirred, uh, that you have been able to see more of God's truth, that you have been drawn further in to the story of God because we have seen throughout Genesis and throughout 2 Samuel, throughout Isaiah, throughout Luke and now through Revelation that the story of Jesus is actually part of a whole story, a story that begins at the start at Genesis and, well, it doesn't really finish yet. It hasn't really finished yet, but it will and it continues to, uh, continues to be good news for people uh, in our world today. So thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you for... Uh, worshipping with us today. Let me close in prayer and then uh, we will have a a final song uh, of worship uh, before we conclude our our online service today. Let me pray. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, your word and we thank you that the story of God is a story that we can read through our scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. And it's a story that is centred on your son Jesus, centred on Jesus who in the Gospels is born and given a human uh, experience here on earth, who resonates with all the emotions and experiences we do. And Lord, we, we know that his life ends as a ransom or as a, uh, in order to purchase us for you. And so may we remember this Christmas weekend um, that, that you have purchased us and that you have made us priests, that you have made us people to serve you as part of your kingdom. And Lord, as we reflect on the year that has been and look forward to the year that will be next year, uh, may you continue to help us grow and understand more of you, uh, understand more about what it means to be purchased by you, but also look at opportunities and and ways in which we can serve you and serve your kingdom here on earth. Lord, we thank you once again for our time together and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.